0: Hey everyone, thanks for listening. This is Steven with a little bit of a different type of episode today. If you've listened to any of my previous episodes, I always ask the same question at the end to whoever I'm interviewing. The question goes something like this. Imagine that you were sitting one-on-one with someone who was just starting off in their career or maybe someone who was early on in their career and they asked you a question about success, both how to be successful, and what is success? You know how, how would you answer that question? And I'm not saying that the people I interview on this podcast have all of the answers to that question, but I feel like they're going to give a more insightful and thought-out answer than your average person because most of these authors have spent a lot of their life's work helping other people to be successful or researching successful people. So the answers that they give are quite insightful. So with that, let's now hear from Sean Covey, Ken Blanchard, David Allen, Greg McEwen, and Angela Duckworth on this question of what is success and how to be successful in the context of someone asking it at the beginning of their career. And again, I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like it, I'd appreciate it if you subscribe and Left a a rating and review. You know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I always hear people, you know, say that they say, "Hey, if you like this podcast, please leave a rating and review." And most of the time, I don't do it. But now that I have my own podcast, I find myself wanting to rate more podcasts because I I I now see being in that different role of actually having the podcast what a difference it makes. So. um yeah, if if you have time and if you like the podcast, I would truly appreciate it. But again, no pressure. Thank you for listening. So let's let's go first and hear from Sean. Good
1: question. Well, my advice would be a um, couple things come to mind. One is I had uh, a mentor of mine when I first started work and um he was much older and I'd say very successful. And he, he, I was going on a ride in his car with him and he had a really nice car and I was admiring his car. (laughs) And he said, he said, Sean, he said, don't neglect your family. He said, "Uh, I did for a while until it caught up to me. And I, I've now made adjustments and I'm not doing it anymore. But he said, "Um, don't, don't balance your family while you're trying to excel at work. Don't neglect your family. Um, I said, yeah, yeah, I know. He goes, no, I mean it. I mean it. I don't think you know. It's so easy to get, get caught up into into success and achievement at work. And I don't think you know. I'm just warning you. Uh, you cannot do that. It's not worth it. I paid the price for it. And uh, it really hit me. And I, I've tried. And I, I feel like I've done a good job. I just always prioritizing my family and um, you know, and you can be successful at both. You can have a good personal life, home life and business life. You don't have to do one or the other. You see people make sacrifices all the time um, and they say, well, I'm, you know, I can't be successful with my family and still be successful at work or the other way around. And you, sometimes you see people that are neglect their families or their personal health, um, and just not worth it. So I think that's one, that's one Ask. that's one part of success is make sure you're balanced. And, um, uh, I saw my father do this. he always put family first, but he still did everything he wanted to professionally. You can do both. Um, so that'd be one, one piece. Second one would be just the idea of, um, uh, hard work and, um, you know, being, principle based, uh, doing it doing it the right way, just not compromising turning corner you know cutting corners is so important. And you'll as you get into business into your career, every, every week there's something where you can cheat or lie or fudge or um, turn or twist or you know just do something a little off color. It's just so important to keep your integrity all the time. I think that's success as well is that you can look back on your career and say, I've always been honest. When I've made mistakes, I've always apologized, right? And then I just say, finally, just go for it. Um, Don't be afraid to pursue your dreams. Uh, Oftentimes, I loved how Clayton Christensen used to talk about it. He'd say, you have two kinds of strategies, deliberate and emergent. A deliberate strategy is, this is my career, this is what I'm pursuing. He said, I wanted to be, Clayton said, I wanted to be the editor of the Wall Street Journal. I had that in my head and I was on track to do that. And then he suddenly, I got an offer to teach at Harvard Business School as a young professor to be an assistant professor. And he says, this is called an emergent strategy. Sometimes a new idea you hadn't planned on comes your way. And he said, and so I did that. I became a professor. And then But I still wanted to be the Wall Street Journal editor. (laughs) So I was going to do Harvard just for a few years and then do that. And then when I was done being a professor, I wanted a guy came to me and said, I've got a startup. I want you to join. And it was a great idea. And so I joined that. And he said and he passed away just last year. And he said, my whole life has been emergent strategies. (laughs) He said, finally, a few years ago, I settled in and I said, no. All these emergent strategies have led me to do what I'm doing now. And this is now my deliberate strategies to continue the work I'm in right now, which is teaching and consulting and teaching about disruption in the marketplace. Um, but be be open to emergent strategies is what I'm saying. Have a deliberate strategy. Go for it. I want to do this. I want to get this kind of degree and I want to do this. I want to start a business. I want to be X. Keep your. Family balance, don't compromise, but be open to emergent strategies. So my daughter, um, your cousin, Rachel, passed away eight years ago, and uh, we didn't expect this. She was 21. Uh, It was a real tragedy for our family. But out of that came an emergent strategy, which was we started this nonprofit organization that uh, helps girls that are struggling with different things develop hope, confidence, and resilience and now it's a, it's a big nonprofit organization. It was a, an emergent idea, right? So be open to things that come your way that might knock you off the course that you're on for something better or something that's hot. It's a wave that you ride because suddenly there's a big wave and you're going to take advantage of it. So that's a long answer to your question, Stephen. Sorry. that's <laughs> but that'd count. be my advice to, to uh, someone seeking success.
2: Well... <clears throat> It's interesting, Bob Buford, uh, as a friend of mine, started a thing uh where he was teaching people the difference between success and significance, and <clears throat> success has all to do with results and all and some people think that who they are is all their results and their titles and their accomplishments and all and significance is really what have you done to serve, what have you done to help other people uh win and uh and if, if you focus on significance, it's amazing how not only will you help other people win, but they'll help you win. And as I've said, it ends up to be a win-win. And so that my my big advice to, to uh, people who are just starting is to, as I said, just get out of your own way and just to realize that uh, you're really there to serve your people, not for them to serve you. And uh, when that happens, boy, uh, you're going to gonna get it. It's the uh, Steve, the greatest organizations I've been involved in realize that their number one customer is their people. And if you take care of your people, empower your people, love on your people, involve your people, then they will go out of their way to take care of your number two most important customer, which is the people who buy your products and services. And then they'll become raving fans of your organization, become part of your sales force. And that takes care of the third part, which is the owners and the productivity and all that, is that that a lot of people think that that, uh, the reason to be in business is to make profit. No, profit is the applause you get for creating a motivating environment for your people so they'll take care of your customers.
3: Two questions. Question number one, what does success mean to you? You would feel like you were successful is what was true. Get them to list that. I make this much money. I'm having this kind of influence. I'm I'm at this level of performance in a corporation or whatever. I don't know. That's their choice. What would success look like for you? Five years from now, if you were highly successful, what 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 would you look like? Where would you, what would you be doing, at what level of gain? Right, and then question number two, most important question: What do you think that experience would give you if you were there? How would that feel? What would be the experience you'd have internally if you had that experience? Because if you can't answer number two, you'll never get to number one. And by the way, if you can answer number two, honestly, you can get there tomorrow. It's really true. It, it, it's like, wait a minute, we're, we're after the red Porsche. We're after the big corporate thing. We're after being the CEO of a major company. You know, tech company that made a big gazillion dollars wait. What do you think that's gonna give you? A sense of accomplishment, a sense of control, a sense of of contribution, a sense of clarity, a sense of ease and peace. And if it is, great, but how could you get a sense of control and contribution and peace tomorrow? because if you you're going to keep chasing
2: <laughs>
3: you're going to keep chasing the rabbit if you don't get to those things and that's fine to go after those things just make sure you don't lose sight of what you want out of them
0: right so it's it's the idea of a lot of people have a vision that what they want is the title you know the money the accolades and associated with that vision is is what, what does that person feel inside of them? Is, is what I I hear you saying, but that feeling you can get much quicker without having to attain the you know monetary titles, all that kind of stuff. You know what what do you have to do to Indeed. get that?
3: Indeed, and those things might give you that. So don't stop. Why not? Right, <laughs> go for it. So I'm not saying go to the rice bowl and cave in, in a Tibetan cave. You know? Right. You know? I'm saying, hey, go for it. But but be aware is that people want the red Porsche think This could give them freedom, it could give them cool, they're gonna look great, or whatever they get the red portion they're afraid about is gonna be be you know, dinged every night or stolen. <laughs> and so they, they they don't have a sense of freedom. So Keep focused on what you want these experiences to bring you internally. And then have as many as you want. Just don't lose sight.
4: To me, the most important conviction is that life, that there is a an essential and unique mission in life that needs to be detected, not just... Um, not just designed, not just selected. And that the great work of life is to figure that out and then to do it, to explore what's essential and then to, to go after it and make trade-offs necessary. And I think that somebody starting off in their career should certainly have that idea in mind. I don't think they even have to wait till their, the beginning of their career. I think it's an idea that can be taught effectively to children. And I've, in fact, seen my own children, uh, my eldest starting off at 10 years old, really genuinely asking those kinds of questions. What's my unique contribution? What's my mission in life? What's the career that I can, can, can really am built to do? Had insights about it. I remember she slipped a note under my door uh, one night with all these brainstorms around 10 years old going, I, I can't believe it. And I've really been thinking it. I mean, one of the questions that we've been talking about was, what's your 100 year vision? <laughs> what what do what do you want your contribution to be a hundred years from now and she's this this young child i don't think older than 10 and uh, certainly not older than 12 is is really not just asking those questions but getting insights and it hasn't changed since i mean she she wanted to be a director then and so since think of the advantage that here she is now just 17 but she's already at community college, graduated high school a couple of years early now, community college, doing media arts, applying to university, as a, you know, basically as a transfer student. In her chosen area of expertise, she can, she can go and has done internships. I mean, I hadn't done any internships at that age. I, hadn't, I wasn't anywhere like that level of clarity. So I think that there's never an age too young to think about that and to keep coming back to it. Now, that doesn't mean you can completely design the whole of your career around what you want it to be from age 18 going forward, but you can start guiding your career closer and closer to what you really feel that sense of mission to do, doing what you came here to do. And if you don't, what's going to happen is you're going to wake up at 30, 35, 40, or sometimes even later than that and just go, what am I doing? I have no idea. Why have I done this? And those are probably the saddest, I mean, they're they're meant as compliments, but I I once had somebody say, write about essentialism. Oh, I feel quite emotional even saying this. And he said, I just, I really loved essentialism. I just wish I'd read it 50 years ago. I mean, I just think that's an unbelievable statement. I mean, to say you read, wish you read a year ago. Okay, right, right. You took on too many projects over the last year. Fine, but fifty years ago is like that's like your life. And so I just think this is this is the the idea to to begin with. Start off this way, uh, and keep coming back to it, so that you don't get to the end of your career and then the end of your life and find, my goodness, I wasn't even pointed in the right direction.
5: Um, here's what I would say. I would say, you know, you want everything to be perfect and you think it's going to be a, a straight line if you get everything right and you do everything that you're supposed to do. But, um, but there are going to be, first of all, times where you're, you're, you're not sure that you're making any progress at all. There are gonna be times where you feel like you're going in reverse um, and they're, Times where you feel like you're at a dead end. So these setbacks are part of the journey. And the next time you hit one of those, you can say to yourself, "You know what? Now I know I'm on a journey because um, I was sort of forewarned that it was not going to be a straight shot. And so when you have a bad day, you can say to yourself, "Yep, this is part of the journey. Um, now I know that you know I um, um, that I'm making progress in a way because, like, you know, I'm hitting bumps of the road. I'm 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 hitting places. Where I have to turn hard, or that like I make a mistake and I got to backtrack. So for me, as a young woman, I thought that if I tried my very hardest, it would be linear. Um, and now I know from interviewing so many people who have lived uh, long lives and you know achieved great things that it is not a linear path for anyone. Um, and if I had known that then, I think I would have been a little easier on myself um, and appreciated that you know the the journey is much more interesting um, in the way that it eventually and um, actually plays out than the way it plays out in your head before you get started.